Attention on deck. You're about to take command. Welcome to The Bunker with Andy Burroughs, Freddie Ham, and Andy Lockhart. Welcome everybody back to the bunker. Yes, another episode. Here we are. We got tagged in many posts saying the people they want to see more content from was us. Three of us are here today. I'm joined by my two illustrious co-hosts, Mr. Andy Lockhart up first. Scouse Andy. Andy, how are you, brother? It's a late night yeah. here for us in the UK. Yeah, man. Late night, but yeah, I'm happy to be here still. Good traveling up with you boys. That's good, man. All three of us are on the same show. Uh, and there yes. he is. For those of you, I wish we had a YouTube channel up and running right now because uh, <laughs> we'll just call him Shirtless Freddy. If you could see the things that I could see right now, uh, listeners, uh, joining us as always as well is my illustrious <laughs> co-host and good friend and uh, semi-naked uh, Freddie Ham. Freddie, how are you, mate? Just be happy that this is a podcast on Apple Pods and Spotify and not YouTube. Yeah, be grateful we haven't got YouTube up and running yet. Uh, but um, boys, it's it's good to sit down again and talk some uh, talk some Washington Commanders. Freddie, you put out a tweet in the week. Uh, there's some hot takes going down from yourself, my man. Freddie, I do believe uh, you wanted to set up a little new segment we have here on the bunker called Freddie's Hot Take. We have two new segments. We have my flaming hot takes, and then later on in the show, we're also going to have the is it Twitter twat or Twitter twat? How do how do y'all twat. pronounce Twitter it? Twitter twat. Twitter, yeah, twat. Hey, Twitter twat, Twitter of the week, of the week. or yeah. the Washington wanker, the Washington of the wanker week. of the week. Yeah, there's plenty of them out in Twitterverse. I would say it's it's but basically yeah. it's basically us just saying, you know, what? we see we see people tweet about us and we see people tweet about content creators and podcasts as well. Well, if you've got the fucking balls after this episode, come on one of our shows. And don't hide behind your little keyboard in your mother's basement after you've watched another episode of Star Trek and you're sitting there wondering why you're a virgin. Come on our podcast and actually have the balls to say it to our face. Anyway, I digress. Freddie, what is your Washington Commander's hot take? Flaming hot takes. First one of the week. Flaming hot. Roy Apke. Oh, brother, this guy stinks. Picked off Sam Howell in seven on sevens. I'm going to call it right now. It's June. We haven't even gotten to training camp. Troy Apke is the cockroach, man. I'm telling you, if the world were to end, there'd be two cockroaches and Troy Apke, because somehow he hangs around. <laughs> Troy Apke, going to be on the final 53. Everyone knows my views on Apke. I can't believe he's still in the league, to be honest. Uh, I'm not going to. If he wasn't so fast, mate, he wouldn't be anywhere. He'd be like sitting on his fucking mom's couch. You know what I mean? First That's thing. the first one. And for way too early takes, I have another one. And it's coming in the secondary because they're moving all these guys around. They got Quan Martin. Obviously, they drafted him. And then we've got Emmanuel Forbes. And there's much to do about moving him into the slot when, oh, he's a boundary corner. He needs to be outside. There is an issue here. The issue is is that Kendall Fuller is best outside. Benjamin St. Juice, when healthy, is op absolutely best outside. And of course, our number one pick, you're not going to draft him and play him in the slot. You're going to play him outside. And maybe there's some defensive packages where, where you move him inside. Ideally, you want him to be a boundary corner. So this leaves an issue here. There's a log jam here in the secondary. Now, the secondary always has depth issues. The secondary is just like the defensive and offensive line. If you have five six different players at some point probably each one of them is going to start somewhere in the season jp finley said that on his podcast now my hot take on all of this is kendall fuller 
okay, is going to be the odd person out. I don't believe that he might not even be a starting corner week one of this season. I believe it's going to be Emmanuel Forbes, it's going to be Benjamin St. Juice, and it's going to be Quan Martin in the slot. That is what's going to start the game, and I'm calling it right now, here, not even in the middle of June. Those are my flaming hot takes for this week. Sheesh. No wonder he's naked to do that. Jeez. <laughs> I can see. Uh, yeah, no. Fire. Uh, fire. Yeah, he has brought the fire. Andy, uh, last season we uh, spoke uh, many times about uh, Washington addressing linebacker. Is there any uh, real issue in any other position you think going into it? I mean, you talked no about no to nauseam about linebacker last season. Uh, we talked about it when we were even at the game. We were, you know, we were talking mm -hmm. about to fans in bars. What's the position this coming season? And we're in, you know, we're in OTAs now, heading into camp, and we're getting, you know, we're ramping up now. We're getting, we're getting set to go and play some football in a few months. Is there any position right now where you think the commanders still haven't addressed the issues yet? The offensive line still because still a concern for you. It's still a concern, man, because it you don't know who's going to play where. Like you can you can kind of guesstimate it, but like you know, because these guys have got a lot of flex. But but the thing is, like you need to know who's actually going to be the real starters. And the thing is. The depth of the offensive line is awful. So when you look at the first five, you might go, you might you probably pick, you know, Leno, mm -hmm. left guard. Mm, you know, that one's that Joey's still out. Maybe Sadiq Charles if he's not injured. I saw him get interviewed ball. yesterday. Yeah, he said he feels healthier and fitter than ever. I was like, well, hopefully yeah. last more, more than more, one more, snap. more than three weeks. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and then he got three centers. That's the way the real depth is on our team. But two of them guys are injury prone. Mm. That's the only problem. So let's face that. Then you've got Cosme, who's injury prone. And then you've got Wiley. Okay, I don't know how bad his injuries have been over the years at, at Kansas or not. But the thing is, your first five, you might go, it's, it's not a bad offensive line. You know, there's, there's no okay. Depth. But the depth after that is poor, man. I mean, left tackle, you've got, what, Lucas. He's a swing tackle. He's played many games. He's played started, left tackle, but he's yeah, not he's good also enough. played on the right as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he's swing tackle. And, and at the moment, you probably say he's going to be the mostly... The backup left tackle at this moment, if you look at it, um, even though he is with a swing tackle as such, but he ain't that good. Do you know what I mean? He's he's you get away for a game or two, but that'll be it. Like you can't you can play him for ten mm. games and expect top quality play. You, you're just not expecting that. So then then you look at your guard, left guard again. What Sadiq Charles, mm. Paul, and then you might maybe Braden Daniels if you're trying to bring him in into the inside there rather than actually play him at left tackle. So again, again, he's an un a total unknown. So again, depth lacking. Right guard, I don't even know who who's on our list. At the I moment. Even right guard behind Cosme or Wiley, maybe intertwining between the two. I think Cosme will start. Yeah, I and mean, Wiley will start normally, but a bit, uh, as an, as a tackle. As a tackle, but those yeah. two can play. Them two can play at both positions, so they might intertwine if one's not playing well, whatever. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, on the depth chart, right guard, I don't think there's anybody on there who we even know about. And like Carl you know I mean? said on the last episode, with our Alex injury Montero history... Alex or something. He's, he's not mm, good. You know with, what I mean? our injury, with our injury history, you know, <laughs> we could we could be yeah. here like week three and have no one left on that line. But the way the way yeah. that was, if anything, recent years or anything yeah, to man, go we, by. We, we needed a few more dudes. I mean, the only place I'm, I'm feel confident with depth is centre because you've got three guys. Three, yeah. If you stay healthy... And three good guys as well. you've got plenty of quality depth. Yeah, they're good players. Mm. Um, well, Ricky Stromberg then... hasn't played a down in the NFL yet, so I I, I kind of want to pump the brakes on him just a bit. I mean, I know that we're really high on like, him. I just I like I just like his tape, and I like I from what he's from the SEC. I, mm. I, I I get it. I mean, I get it. I mean, right now the starting O line is Charles Leno, Sadiq Charles, Nick Gates, Sam Cosme at right guard, and then Wiley at right tackle. 
I mean, to be honest with you, the only real position where there seems to be a competition, at least one that the coaches have spoke of, is that left guard spot between Sadiq Charles and and Paul. You know, so I mean, and yeah, I but Sadiq Charles is going to be on the field. Yeah, Sadiq Charles is going to be on the field for longer than three weeks. I get yeah. it, but here here's the thing, and this is what I think is good. If someone struggles at guard, and if Ricky Stromberg is who we believe he is, and the putting the whole oh he's a developmental prospect tag on him is just is just a facade, it's just it's just a smokescreen, then we can always have Stromberg starting at center, and then Nick Gates has played every position I guard. think along mm-hmm. the line, and just move him to guard, you know, and could be you know serviceable if not very good. Uh, I mean, I, I certainly believe that Nick Gates could be at the level of of Sadiq Charles. So, I mean, and, and the thing with Sadiq Charles is I feel like the big issue, like, again, with a lot of players has just been the injuries. If he can be healthy for a whole season, consistency, yeah, that's great. But, you know, that's, that's Are you boys the, the, the only but, consistency, mate, is him being injured. That's the only consistency that he's got. Are Sadiq you boys Charles. surprised that Leno's still on the roster? Bearing in mind the chat that we had at the end of last season. I absolutely am not surprised he thought he, A lot of people said... A lot of people's takes were that he would be the one that maybe gets cut. Um, Absolutely you know. not. I think that is completely short-sighted Bullshit. and asinine. That asinine. You would cut what what kind of a word is Charles this? Charles Leno. Excuse me. And asinine. This is big words. Big words. This is my reasoning for this with the Charles okay. Leno thing. And I'm not. I'm not defending. I'm not saying that he played great last season. And it, at some points last season, he was absolutely bad. Okay. But he struggled through a lot of injuries, just like a lot of other players. He was not healthy at all the entire season and he's playing left tackle okay and he's never gonna be you know top five top 10 left tackle in the league but i believe he can be in the upper half of that league or in the upper half Oof. of the league and this is the issue you're gonna cut charles leno who are you gonna go out and get mm. who's really gonna come in and play better and when he is healthy he is a very good left tackle and we need him i mean for all the complaints that we have about the offensive line. I mean, we got Wiley, who is still a big question mark, okay? You, we have Sam Cosme, who was drafted to be a right tackle, had to kick him in a, into guard. Sound familiar? And you've got Sadiq Charles with his injury <laughs> history. And think about this last year. Last year, both of our guard spots were absolute turnstiles, okay? And again, with Charles Leno, I mean, I hate. I know that people hate hearing this. Well, he's got position flex. Well, he does. And to be honest with you, half who's our been lines the best had, and the most half consistent our lines got position flex the Because they've had to because of injuries. I'm just I'm just saying if you're cutting Charles Leno and I'm sorry to say and a lot of people don't want to don't want to come to this admit to this Charles Leno is probably one of the best offensive line players that we have and that's that's an issue that we've had for a while the fact that he is but he is so cutting him I think would be absolutely short-sighted and stupid and I know people are going to come after me because of his level of play last year but listen like I said he was dealing with a lot of injuries I think that he'll come back and he'll play a lot better this year especially if he can stay healthy and honestly you need someone to be that presence on the line and another thing is you have to have some sort of continuity because chemistry is so important on the offensive line so yeah I mean I, I'm I mean, I'm backing Charles Leno. We were changing yeah. our offensive line. Every, I'm, t- I'm well, sick of hearing. I'm, I'm sick of every, hearing every game, every all play. the time on Twitter. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's it, it's cool, but like, I'm tired of seeing all her tweets. But it's it's whatever. It's fine. I mean, Hot don't tape. forget. I mean, you know, the biggest hindrance he had was Norwell being next to him. Mm, that Giants that, game. That, that's the oh problem. My God, oh my God, that Giants game. 
Norwell's about yeah. to uh, about to have Fucking that physical. He's going to be cut. That's, yeah. that's coming I, I very soon. I never forget your yeah. rant on the day we were in our WhatsApp group. The day of that game, Andy, I thought I thought I could literally I see I you through lost the phone. My yeah, yeah, I, I could literally see you through the phone. I mean, you joke, mate. The, the guy is just doing the wrong things all the time. This guy's a pro, ex pro ball caliber center. Uh, sorry, left guard, mm-hmm. and he sucked bad, real bad. Like he didn't even like zone run to the right. He runs left. No, it's basics. That was you know the giant, what I mean? That's it's, the giant yeah, <laughs> it's basics and the hole's that big. So the guy just runs right through Thibault, just destroys mm. Leno and him. Yeah, you that know, comes back, like, it mate, comes back to what you said about depth. You know what I mean? We're gonna, you know, with injuries or you know, just people not people generally aren't good enough. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm just hoping we. That's what I'd come back to my original question. That I just hope we do address that and look at that early on. And if things are going wrong early, don't be scared to make a change. Because sometimes I thought last season players definitely stayed on way too long, and we like how many times did we use the sentence "us as fans can see it, why can't they?" How many times did we use that sentence last like last season on a Sunday, especially like the WhatsApp groups or you know everyone you scroll through social media, like every single fan could see that, especially that Giants game, Andy. That will stand out to me forever. That that drive they had down the goal line, we literally just parted like a cheap hooker's legs. Honestly, it was ridiculous. Um, one player I do want to talk about, though, uh, Andy and Freddie. Uh, me and Andy were talking about this, Freddie, before you uh, jumped on, mate. Uh, Jahan Dotson. When Terry originally come onto the scene and we found out very quickly that this kid was going to be elite, I think you can put Jahan in that same kind of bracket, once healthy, once fit. Um, I generally, generally think, looking at this roster, when you look at Terry, Jahan, Two of the best, probably, and, and they won't get the credit, and it's going to get something we're going to get on to later. They won't ever get the credit in the media that they deserve. But, Freddie, I'll come to you first. Johan Dotson, do you think he has a breakout season with the Commanders this year? Oh, absolutely. And and alluding to the the tweet that you were talking about that Kyle Runnick put out from Burgundy's own podfather, give him his props, the podfather. Uh, yeah, it was, uh, who do you see taking the biggest jump uh, into into this coming season? Like, Terry's going to be Terry, okay? Terry is, he's, he's bread and butter, man. You know, we know what he can do. He's a superstar. He doesn't get the credit like a superstar does, but he's a superstar. And I have a feeling that his numbers are going to be there at that level where the national media is finally going to have to stand up, take notice, give Terry McLaurin his props. Now, uh, no, I think Jahan Dotson is going to thrive in all of this. And we even saw a little bit of it last year because of how good Terry McLaurin is. You have to account for him wherever he is on the field. And Curtis mm-hmm. Samuel, when he's healthy, Double he's going to burn you too. Okay. And Eric Bieniemy is bringing this Kansas City offense that can just hit you all over the field. He's got his running backs, his tight end, his wide receivers, and he's going to be able to do a lot of different things. He's going to make our offense very multidimensional. Now, that you have Jahan Dotson on this. First of all, he is a freak athlete, okay? He's a young kid. He can run. He can catch. His his catching ability is absolutely insane, and I think he's actually a much more natural catcher than Terry McLaurin. Now, Terry McLaurin's one of those guys, no one's going to outwork him. He worked and worked and worked and worked and worked to have the gluey hands that he has, okay? But Jahan Dotson, some of these catches that he made just in his rookie season last year is just absolutely insane, okay? And remember, he got hurt uh, early in the season. So if he can have a healthy campaign and, you know, do what... I mean, I said this last year in talking to, to some fans. I was like, listen, I think Jahan Dotson has the raw talent to maybe even be better than Terry McLaurin eventually. And that is just absolutely fucking scary when you think about it. So you talk about scary Terry, but 
Jahan Dotson, no, I think he'll take a huge jump. I want to see him thrive. And then also, like I said, with all the attention that you have to put on Terry McLaurin, Jahan Dotson is going to, he's going to get some one-on-one matchups. And then also Eric Bieniemy is going to be able to use him in a couple of different ways as well. And something else too, and I don't want to, I don't want to speak it into existence. I don't want to jinx us here, but Curtis Samuel, the, the biggest issue with him has been his durability. I mean, he's just been hurt ever since he was with I mean, he missed his whole first year campaign that he was supposed to be with us. And then, uh, you know, I heard a report just yesterday that uh, that he was off uh, working by himself after after the, the camp uh, and mini camp practice, obviously, because we're in mini camp. But, uh, you know, might even just be having issues now in June. And it's like, oh, it's the same old story. It's it's almost like the Josh Doxson thing from years ago. Now, I'm not not at all comparing uh, Curtis Samuel to Josh Doxson, but, you know, it might be that that same situation. And then, you know, after the top three, because we like to talk about this receiving core and how dynamic they can be. But listen, someone's got to step up here in the depth. And I'm talking about De'Ami Brown, because we talked about him. Listen, De'Ami mm-hmm. Brown did some really, really good things at UNC, and I absolutely think that it helps that he's going to have Sam Howe throwing to him on a regular basis again, but he's got to step it up. Okay. It's finally time. Like this is his year. He's got to do something or he's just going to be another one of those uh, rookie depth receivers who never really did much, caught a couple passes, had a cup of coffee in the NFL, and then he's out. Right. (laughs) And then you also got to think about these undrafted guys. I mean, Casimir Allen, Mitchell Tinsley. Tinsley. I was about to say Mitch Mitch Tinsley. (laughs) <laughs> no, no, no. Like I said before, after you get past the top three receivers, it gets really interesting. And again, like I said, there's always injuries that happen at that position. I mean, there's no way that you're going to have that top three group start every single game this season. It's just that, you know, statistically, it's just not there. It's not going to happen. So again, someone's going to have to step up and it's going to be interesting, like I said, to see how they sort of move move people around. And then even with Terry, um, I think that we're going to see Terry deployed in a lot of different positions that we haven't necessarily seen before. I mean, he's he's great at what he does, but I think you're going to see a lot of motion from him. I think you're going to see him in the slot. You're going to see him all over the field because EB knows that the best way that he can put him in You can use him as a decoy a lot be, as well. Well, and the, the way that you put him in a position to be successful because he he gets so much attention is to move him around. Okay. If you're constantly motioning him, putting putting him in different places, then I think he can really thrive. And I think he's going to thrive regardless. But again, uh, Jahan Dotson is going to reap the benefit of the fact that he is playing with a Pro Bowl, I believe all pro caliber receiver, top five receiver in the NFL. That's only going to make him better. And that's only going to give him more opportunities as well. Very well said. I agree, my friend. Uh, one other uh, group of uh, position group I want to talk about, guys, uh, running back. Um, obviously, you had uh, B-Rob start off preseason last year on fire, and we were all super excited to see what had happened. We all know the unfortunate incident that happened that led to him being uh, out of action for a while. Then he come back and, again, set the world alight. But, Andy, do you think that this will be the first full season where we really see this running back group take the take, literally take the ball by the horns and you know that kind of smash mouth be that that fast acceleration you know uh, I, I think we've been missing that for the last 3 4 seasons maybe maybe longer you know you've got Antonio Gibson you've got B-Rob we've got you know our running backs this year our running yeah, game is going to be so a lot of people saying that you the know enemy's loving the enemy is loving Rodriguez He's yeah, Rodriguez says he's, he says he's ultra sharp, as in like really mentally sharp, like really mm. clever guy. And you so, know, look if you look at it last season as well, we used a lot of them sometimes as receivers. You know, like Freddie mentioned earlier, you got I mean, Gibson, position Gibson, Gibson, Gibson should eat in this in this yeah. offense. He should eat mm. in a so, big, big way. My question is, it's the same kind of for, for the receivers. Who do you think from the running back core could again 
we'll take out we'll take out Antonio Gibson because we know what he can uh, he can do. We know we've been there, we've seen it. But you know, you like you say, uh, B Rob again. Do you think he's the one that maybe could have a break? The enemy's the enemy's changed the game for this offense. By the way, absolutely changed the game for this offense. You know, a lot of people are saying that we're going to be more of a pass team than a run team this season. I don't particularly think that's right. I think like Freddie says, we're going to see more of a mixture than we ever have. Some games last season oh, we were sitting. Yeah. Some games last season we were sitting there, and we all check. We're all texting or ringing, or the game we're at, and you're like, I can pretty much tell what we're going to do here. This is, you know, we're just keeping run it on first down. Run it on first. Yeah, exactly. And I think the, we're going to see the biggest a lot of issue with things. that, and it's what got Scott Turner fired, is that he was just adamant. He's like, we're going to mm. run this scheme. We're going to do it and fuck everybody else. We're going to live. Or, live and, and die, or by, die it. by this yeah. and you know what he fucking he died. died by it <laughs> yeah he did die but do you think someone like b rob or you know is there anyone else that you think andy from the running back core that might stand out in this coming season i mean i think i think he will ground and pound it quite a bit as well i think like, we will that's that, yeah think i think we will i mean we've got i mean we've got two bruisers basically there mm. who, who run hard they're just going to wear down that that d-line all day you know what I mean? Not afraid so to put their shoulders down. Exactly. They're, they're, they're going to run forward every time. You're not knocking them back without like three or four guys hitting them. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like they're, they're going to run hard all day. So imagine like you, you do your 15, to say, say 15 uh, snaps for V-Rob. You get a breather and you think, nice, now we've got like a, a weaker guy coming in. Then you got a guy just as strong, maybe even stronger. And you're just, you're just hitting you hard, running yeah. at you all day. I mean, it, it, they're just going to get worn down. So so their pass rush is going to go as well because of it. So, and their internal, um, actually, internal D line pressure is just going to be gone as well because, again, they, they're going to be knackered. One position today that Ron Rivera spoke about a lot was the tight end position. Uh, we're very fortunate. We've got Logan Thomas back from injury. Uh, we've got Cole Turner. We've got John Bates. What do you make of what's going on at tight end? Do you like, you know, I think that's one that I, I agree with Ron. I agree with the coach today. That is one of our strongest positions on the field. I wouldn't call it one of our strongest positions on the field, but I believe there's a lot more there than I think people give credit for. And I think that. Um, you know, they, they had a plan. They weren't going to reach for a tight end in the draft. It, you know, and obviously they didn't value the position enough to, to want to try to do that. Now, with the Logan Thomas thing, and maybe he, he has lost a step, but listen, he wasn't healthy last year. He's coming into this. He's feeling great. He's healthy. Look, Logan Thomas is a very, very good, even to, I dare say, call him to great uh, tight end yes, when he's healthy he's a yes. really big target i mean he doesn't have that downfield speed but he's playing tight end you don't need to all right and he's he's tall as shit we have the tallest uh someone uh, put out the statistic about like the average uh the height of our tight end group we have like the tallest tight end group in the history of the nfl or some some crazy shit like that um cole turner another one of those guys he wasn't healthy last year they're very, very high on him as a rookie last year. He's going to have to take a big step. Uh, I really think that this is the linchpin in the whole the, the tight end position because if not, it's going to be like, okay, it's Logan Thomas and then it's everybody else. But I think if Cole Turner really, really steps up, then we have something really, really good there. Uh, and we have, you know, more athleticism there. Obviously, you know, Cole Turner, he's he's a receiving tight end, which is what the entire league is moving to. Now, John Bates, he's a blocking tight end. And he's a big, Rivera gonna, even alluded a to it dude. in his 
Uh, Rivera alluded to it in his press conference, talking about how John Bates is is going to do some things, some different things, maybe things he isn't accustomed to. I mean, I think that they're going to want to use him more in the passing game, or at least to an extent where, because it used to be, okay, John Bates is on the field, he's blocking. You know, he might mm-hmm. catch three mm-hmm. or four passes in, in the season, right? So I think that they want to uh, break him out of that, and then use also... him on the on the shorter yardage. You know, sometimes on the shorter yardage plays when we just need to get that four yards or something like that. And, you know, we we do predictably look for like a Terry or you we try and run the ball. Like Freddie says, I think we could see the tight ends used more in them situations just to just to mix it up. And like you say, when you've got such big dudes on your roster, let's use them. If you need four yards, put it in their hands and just say to them. Put your head down and run and get them. Well, we were talking about three tight ends being on the field, and that's not necessarily meaning in a heavy run set. No, I mean, I I see. I mean, because again, and I, Logan Thomas is not Travis Kelsey, okay, but Travis Kelsey very oftentimes is not is not right on the line down tight end. I mean, they frequently line him up where you would line a receiver up, and and I think that'll absolutely happen for us this year. And another thing, Logan Thomas used to play quarterback. He was a Really, really good quarterback in college. He got drafted as a quarterback. We've seen a, just a little bit here and there using him on gadgets, but I really like the idea of what EB can do with him maybe on some gadget plays using him uh, as a passer. Mm, no, yeah, no. Great. Mm, Andy, do you agree with that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, th- I think you also forgot to mention Curtis Hodges as well. I mean, he again, he was, he was injured last season, you know, and I think he had the very mildest injury it going but they put him on irs just so no one else could get that him. seems to Basically, be a running theme for our organization doesn't it get them healthy and we've got a really good team yeah keep them exactly, healthy yeah. sorry yeah keep this team healthy yeah. that seems to be the running I mean, theme we were running back I mean, he's huge as well do you think he's six eight i think he's six eight hodges i mean that's inc- that's that's some serious height you know keep what I mean? this team healthy on all our positions and we're good we're golden like i think like carl said last week when he was uh kindly co-hosted with us Health is one of the most important things for the Washington Commanders. If you go back four or five seasons, we've never had, there's been a position, if it's been quarterback, if it's been running, something's happened to us that's hindered our season. If we can keep our main, our roster healthy on the field consistently throughout this season, we have a very good chance of doing something. Because I, I believe, you know, our starters are that damn good. You don't get me wrong. You, we were talking about depth earlier, but if you look at our actual core of our roster, I'd put it up against it's a, anyone. It's a good any, squad. It's a good any squad, given man. Sunday, like they say, I'd put that roster up against anyone when healthy. And it's I think, yeah, I think we are. I think, uh, boys, just coming to the uh, to the end of today's episode, if, we have our. Go on, sorry, mate. What's up? No, I was just going to ask Freddie about his shirt. He was showing us his shirt before, and. And he was mentioning kind of these upset about it and things. So oh yeah, Freddie. Before on we about. get on to the yeah. Twitter, who we're blocking on Twitter this week, uh, you wanted a quick rant on jersey prices. Am I oh right? sure, yeah. No, we we can get into. That. I think it's funny how other countries they they never make the distinction. They don't call them jerseys. They just call them shirts. Well, football shirt. We call them football. Right. Shirts. We call. Well, I'm we, wearing we, my jersey shirt. Yeah, I call them jerseys. I mean, well, do you, you know, wearing... do you say uh, do you call basketball jerseys basketball shirts? No, I call no. it basketball jersey. <sighs> anyway uh, <laughs> so football jerseys yes i'm a bit of a jersey head i have a pretty extensive redskins washington football team washington commanders jersey collection uh that i'm very proud of 
and uh, Nike just putting out their new line, kind of next year's model, just the way that, that everybody else does with their jerseys. And I'm very, very upset. There's Nike Legend jerseys, Nike Game, Nike Limited, and Nike Elite. Nike Legend, it's basically like a t-shirt. Everything's sublimated, right? Nike Game, those are the most common that you see. I think Chris Bryant's probably got 150 of them, right? <laughs> They're all screen printed jerseys. That's what they are. They're priced at $130. The next step up from that is Nike Limited line, priced at $159, so $160, okay? The Limited line, to me, has always been my favorite line, and I always think that's where you get the best value because for $30 more than a game jersey, you're getting a jersey with uh, embroidered accents, quill stitched on numbers. They look very, very similar to what the players actually wear on the field, and they're great quality. And then the next big jump up from that is like 150 even more up to like $300 or more for a quote unquote elite jersey, which is the jersey that players actually wear on the field. But I mean, Nike, the fuck's but Nike won't actually tell you jersey. those elite jerseys that you can buy that are what the players wear still aren't exactly what the players wear. But in any case, I'm <laughs> pissed off because Nike is putting out their next year's model of the Nike limited line and they're dividing it into three separate subcategories into uh vapor fuse, vapor untouchable and speed something. Uh in any case, they are removing their stitched tackle twill numbers, nameplates and so forth and they're moving to what they call a heat seal. So basically, you still have this twill numbers and names and so forth, but it's heat sealed onto the jersey. And to me, I mean that's not really much of a step up from screen printing onto the jersey. So you're basically you're and they're also re increasing the price by 10 or 15%. So it's going from 160 up to 170 75, I believe. So they're increasing the cost. They're going down on the quality. Uh they're taking away the quality of the jock tags, the quality of the accoutrement on the jersey and you're no longer going to be able to get a stitched NFL jersey at that price point, the only way that you're going to be able to get one now is to move up to the elite jerseys and pay over $250, $300. And to be honest with you, I think it's absolutely ludicrous that they're going to increase the cost of their limited line, which is their mid-tier line, while taking away a lot of the features that really made it better. So at that point, it's like, do you want to spend the additional $45 for the limited to get essentially almost the same thing that you're going to get with a game jersey that's screen printed? I mean, I'm not willing to do that. I mean, and and pretty much, I think myself and a lot of other people are just going to go back to buying the uh, Nike game jerseys, which are all silkscreen. But it sucks because they're pricing a big part of the market. <laughs> they're they're pricing us all out if we want to stitch jersey now. And I know Andy was going to bring up DHgate. Listen, listen. I just whenever saying. you go to uh to a game in person, I mean, half the people there are wearing the Chinese made the counterfeit jerseys and some people love them. Hey, they don't want to spend all that much money for a Jersey. Fine. I'll spend $20. I will never judge I'll spend anyone $20, for jerseys, $30 on a Jersey that was made in a sweatshop. Fine, whatever. And, and I get the people who do that, but for the people who want uh, an authentic, officially licensed quality product um, to be raising the price and then dropping the quality as much as they are, it's just a slap in the face to the consumer. So I encourage everybody to not buy 
any of the limited jerseys that are coming out and sending a message to Nike. Hopefully they get the idea and they'll go back. And then again, just a public service announcement. Those of you who like the Nike limited line, go out and buy last year's jerseys. They're cheaper than, than the new ones. But once those are gone, if Nike sticks with what they're going to stick with, then you are not going to be able to get a stitch Jersey at that price point. So, I mean, even, even myself, I just went out and I got uh, last year uh, Terry McLaurin jersey because I want a stitch jersey and you're not going to be able to get that in the future. I think it's absolutely ridiculous and I'm pissed off at Nike. So everybody join in with me, refuse to buy these and uh, send some pissed off emails. Wow. And breathe Fuck again, Nike. Freddie. Fuck, Fuck Nike. you, Nike. I saw, a funny, uh, I saw a funny tweet yesterday, just quickly finishing up. Uh, you know when we do like the throwback jersey, we're going to wear the Washington football team one. <laughs> it made me ch- it made me chuckle more than it should have uh just before we go we've got our my our little segment our twitter block of the week goes to some absolute helmet called dov Cl- who's the twat what's this his, week what's his surname andy dov climan climan what's an absolute mm-hmm. fucking helmet he is make sure you uh, tell the, the everybody tweet, that twitter t- handle at NFL under slash Dov Kleiman. Uh, Dov Kleiman is a fucking idiot. Uh, the commanders, <laughs> I, this clickbait bullshit. I, 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 I get it. Doug tweeted me. He goes, you do realize you quote tweeted him. So he's probably going to get more clicks. And, you know, I'm just <laughs> like Keith says, I'm just a dude on the couch. But um, he, he tweeted out that the Washington, complete bullshit, that the Washington command, I'd, I'd love to know where some of these, I, I get it why they, some, you know, it's clickbait, but the Washington commanders are open to listen to trade offers for a former second round overall pick, uh, Chase Young. What a complete and utter load of bollocks. Do you think that they're going to go through the biggest rehabilitation of a player in, uh, apart from Alex Smith? To get him to get him healthy again, to get him back onto the field, you know, we all saw what he can bring in his first season. We all know how good he is. Don't get me wrong; if you're going to trade him, then I want to God knows how many first round picks. But so, Stu, I keep seeing this so many times, especially this past week. I mean, I've just chose this dov idiot, whoever he is, to just for this week's Twitter block because you know I keep seeing it all the time about these so called journalists. Go and do some actual journalism. Instead of wanting to be out there just getting to, oh, people are clicking on my tweets. Oh, who fucking cares? You know what I mean? It's driving me mental. Go and do some real journalism work. Don't tell me then. Where, who, who has told you that the Washington Commanders are opening to trade, trade in Chase Young? Unless I actually hear it from Ron Rivera's mouth, it's complete bullshit. And I'm sick and tired of hearing it. The dude is elite. You do not, I say this nearly every single time we record. Stop letting elite players walk out the door. Washington are not going to do that with Chase Young. So stop your clickbait crap. And breathe. <laughs> anyway, lads, uh, we've done another show. Uh, here we are, all three of us together, doing an episode of The Bunker. People, we got tagged. Doug put a tweet out, and we were the one that content that people want to see the most and more of. And we got tagged in it quite a few times. I don't know times, why. Though. I don't know what, I don't I don't know know what you have all done. Yeah, you know I what I mean? Know. I mean, I'm I've been busy. I've, as was it, Carl says I've been talking about people wrestling in underpants. It's been it's taken up a lot of my time. Mm, wrestling, wrestling. He's not podcast. wrong, is he? He's not wrong. He's not wrong, mate. No, just uh, anyone <laughs> well, that wants to uh, yeah, HTT buckle. 
who wants more content, we're, we're, we're going to bring more. And, and hey, I hope that everyone's enjoyed the video content that we've been putting out. I've been working very, very hard on that. You guys have enjoyed the, the throwback videos uh, from Redskins history. I, I'm going to keep trying to post those. You guys seem to enjoy them, and, and we enjoy bringing them to you. No, we do. Well, boys, it's been an absolute pleasure to sit down again and talk some Washington Commanders football. We are slowly, every episode, we are creeping slowly, slowly to football being back at the weekends. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> this has been another episode of The Bunker. I've been your host, Andy Burrows, with my good friends, uh, Andy Scouse-Lockhart and Freddie Half-Naked Ham. Make sure you go and check us out on Twitter, <laughs> at Commander Bunker. Till next time, everybody, bunker down, stay safe, and don't be naked. <laughs> the outtakes this week are going to be hilarious. It, it is pretty funny. Freddy's bare yeah. naked ass on Zoom. Dang, I, I, man. I'm going to get, get a call from Zoom later saying my account's been shut down. Um, and I just think, like, both these but guys American could listeners, have big that games. Means tired. Yeah, real well, tired. I had to translate. Yeah, I, had to translate. Yeah. I know Freddie knows what knackered means, but American listeners are like, what's yeah. knackered? Oh, my God. Like, why is this knackered? He's talking. <laughs> tired, about. man. Tired. Tired, man. Um, yes. Yeah, so... <laughs> I wish you could see what I could see. Don't do that. Um, he's done me. I'm glad you could edit this, mate. Um, <laughs> the tight end is touching his nipple. Put that in the outtakes. Um, <laughs> get your ass out of you. Um, tight, tight end. It's like, it's like I'm really on some not bad campsite. If only we were on YouTube right yeah, now. <laughs> Freddy's only Freddy's only fans. I'm glad you can edit all this. But it's um, only pods. It's called only, only pods. Sorry, only yeah, pods. Should, yeah. This is on the Patreon. 